Welcome back for episode 24 in our study of the book of Revelation. This episode is called The Second and Third Trumpets. I'm Sam Bracken, your host. Our teacher is Dr. Breck England, who is discussing the book of Revelation through the lens of the temple. We are still in Revelation chapter 8, where seven angels with seven trumpets signal the judgments that fall on the earth during the Great Tribulation. Our last episode was about the judgment of the first trumpet. Today we'll move on to the judgments of the second and third trumpets. These angels sound their trumpets in heaven, but they are mirroring what happened each morning in the Jerusalem temple anciently. Every morning of the week in Jerusalem, the temple priests would sing a psalm, a certain psalm that was designated for that day, and sound their silver trumpets. The psalms that they sang followed the order of the seven days of creation. Uh, quote, psalms that they sang followed the order of the seven days of creation. On the first day of the week, they sang Psalm 24, the earth is the Lord's, and so forth, in commemoration of the first day of creation. On the second day, they would sing another psalm, and the third day another, and so forth, and then the cycle would start over the next week. When the second trumpet sounded on the second day of the week, the priests would sing a certain psalm, and that was always Psalm 48. Uh, quote, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised in the city of our God, in the mountain of his holiness, beautiful for situation. The joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion on the sides of the north, the city of the great king. This psalm is about the second day of creation. Quote, God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament. The word firmament, the Hebrew word is rakia, and that word rakia, which we translate firmament, or vault in English, was the dome of heaven. Hmm. Now, the second trumpet announces the second stage in the decreation of the earth. Remind us of what you mean by the decreation of the earth. Well, just as the creation took seven days, during the Great Tribulation, the earth will be decreated over a period of seven days. Not real days, but symbolic days. Everything will fall apart in the same order it was in when it was created. Remember that on the second day of creation, the Lord divided the dry land from the waters. Well, the ancients thought of dry land as being a mountain in the middle of the sea. So, on the second day of decreation the mountain plunges back into the primeval water, which represents chaos. Why don't you read for us Revelation chapter 8, verses 8 and 9. Okay. The second angel sounded, and as it were, a great mountain burning with fire was cast into the sea, and the third part of the sea became blood. And the third part of the creatures which were in the sea and had life died, and the third part of the ships were destroyed. Okay, so the Israelites saw the temple as on top of the holy mountain of the earth. So in these verses, God overthrows the desecrated temple, which has become an idolatrous shrine. From Egypt to Babylon, artificial mountains in the form of pyramids 
or ziggurats, they were called, honored false gods. Babel was the first of such a counterfeit holy mountain. The prophet Jeremiah told Babylon, Behold, I am against thee, O destroying mountain, saith the Lord, which destroyest all the earth, and I will stretch out mine hand upon thee, and roll thee down from the rocks, and will make thee a burnt mountain. So the burning mountain symbol stands for a counterfeit temple or a desecrated temple that's being thrown into the sea, which represents chaos. And the temple in Jerusalem on Mount Zion had become, in John's day, a sacrilege, just like the Tower of Babel or, or Babylon. And it's now to be burned and pitched into the sea, which represents chaos. So the judgment of the second trumpet is like a burning mountain. Notice it doesn't say it is a burning mountain. It says it is like a burning mountain. The, uh, the Greek word there is, is hos, which means like unto, similar to. Mm -hmm. It's like a burning mountain that turns a third of the sea to blood, just like the water in Egypt, remember, that turned to blood uh, when Moses was there in Exodus. Now, some scholars think that those Egyptian disasters were caused by a massive eruption of a volcano called Thera in the Mediterranean Sea, not far from Egypt. Now, that eruption would have rained down fire and brimstone on the Egyptians and polluted their waters. And some Jews considered the eruption of Mount Vesuvius in 79 AD to be divine retribution for the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem by the Romans, mm. if you're following me. Yeah, that's cool. So in both cases, the theory goes, the burning and blood fell on the enemies of God's people because of their wickedness. So the second trumpet announces the collapse of a world system of wickedness and sacrilege and injustice. Scholars point out that in the ancient world, the fall of a great mountain indicated the fall of a ruler. So does the destruction of ships at sea. And the psalm of that second morning that the priest sang, remember? Mm -hmm. That psalm praises God for overturning those symbols of wealth and power. It reads, Thou breakest the ships of Tarshish with an east wind. In legend, the ships of Tarshish distributed gold and silver throughout the Mediterranean world, signifying the riches of the empire, and to break the ships was to disrupt the plunder economy of the Roman Empire. So breaking the ships was a big um, symbol of bringing down the, uh, the tyrant. Okay. So, so the second trumpet signals the destruction of a wicked economic system. Yes. And furthermore, at the sound of the second trumpet, a third part of the creatures in the sea die. Scientists predict interestingly enough, that human activity will extinguish more than a million species in the coming decades. Wow. Humanity's already, quote, wiped out 60% of mammals, birds, fish, and reptiles since 1970. Wow. And now the world's foremost experts are warning us that the annihilation of wildlife is now an emergency. We have already doubled the destruction of the second trumpet, <laughs> okay? We, we are twice as bad as the destruction of the second trumpet, which kills off only one-third 
of the Earth's creatures, we've killed off two-thirds in our lifetime. And, and, and perhaps we ourselves are the plague that's prophesied in Revelation. So we're causing the destruction foretold by the second trumpet. Absolutely we are. Mm. We don't need an external cause, like, it, like, say, an asteroid falling from the sky to destroy a third of the life on the Earth. We've already done it. Yeah. And it's going to get worse. Yeah, we're our own worst enemy, sounds right. like. Yeah. Now, a lot of people, when they read that verse um, in Revelation about the burning mountain falling from the sky, they think, oh, uh, there's an asteroid that's going to fall from that sky and destroy the Earth. Well, we don't need an asteroid. We, we're doing it to ourselves. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, in the beginning, all creation, according to Genesis, was submerged in a sort of turbulent, chaotic ocean, which is a natural metaphor for the, quote, peoples, multitudes, nations, and tongues devoted to the worship of Babylon. That's a reference to chapter 17. We'll get to that later. That's us. Okay. In the Great Tribulation, the decreated earth returns to blood and perverseness. But there's, there's another side to this story, which is really quite important. Water mingled with blood also flowed from Jesus on the cross when one of the soldiers with a spear pierced his side. Yeah. Interesting to note that in the ancient temple of Jerusalem, when the priests sacrificed a lamb, they would pour out under the altar a mixture of wine and water as an offering. This was a type and shadow of the coming sacrifice of Christ. Mm. Now, in Jewish legends, Satan wounded Adam the same way. One day when Adam was offering sacrifices, quote, with his hands spread unto God, Satan pierced Adam on the right side, Whence flowed blood and water. Then Adam fell upon the altar like a corpse. The Lord raised him and told him, Thus will it also happen to me on the earth, when I shall be pierced and blood shall flow, blood and water which shall be offered on the altar as a perfect offering. That quotation is from an ancient source called the first book of Adam and Eve. It's an ancient Jewish legend compilation. Wow, that's just, my mind is completely blown by that. That's cool, story. isn't it? That is very cool. Uh, and John, in, uh, in his first epistle, he wrote, Christ is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ. Now, think about this. Satan launches an attack on Adam at the altar. And that, just like in the endowment, okay? He shows up. Just when Adam is trying to call upon God the Father, Satan shows up. Mm -hmm. We see this in the endowment. Mm -hmm. The devil shows up and attacks us at such moments when we're trying to communicate with God. You can expect this will happen. Just as he did with Enoch, with Abraham, and Joseph Smith. Remember, mm -hmm. he, right he attacked before, Joseph Smith yeah, right before he, the to first try and stop this communication from happening. Mm -hmm. Now, to, to strengthen ourselves for a divine endowment of power and knowledge, we must first endure a struggle like that, a struggle with Satan. Mm -hmm. Because after the tribulation comes the blessing, right? Mm -hmm. After the tribulation. 
Not before. Comes the blessing. Yeah, after. Yeah. This is what people don't get. I yeah. Think. Yeah. Now, fortunately, the Lord is watching. And if we prove faithful, he dismisses Satan from our lives. We grow stronger and more knowledgeable through our struggles. The Lord leads us just as he led the children of Israel through the turbulent waters of the Red Sea toward the promised land. That's a great symbol mm. of our lives. Now, let's move on to the judgment of the third trumpet. On the third morning of each week, the temple priests would blow their silver trumpet and read Psalm 82 to the assembled worshipers around the temple. Uh, would, would you read that for us? Please? Yeah, sure. How long will you judge unjustly and accept the persons of the wicked? Defend the poor and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. Deliver the poor and needy and rid them out of the hand of the wicked. So, a question. Why would the priest sound the trumpet and read this particular psalm on the third day? The rich and powerful of John's day ignored this commandment. And when the third trumpet sounded in um, Revelation, okay, there fell a great star from heaven, burning as it were a lamp, and it fell upon the third part of the rivers, upon the fountains of waters. And the name of that star is called Wormwood. And the third part of the waters became Wormwood. And many men died of the waters because they were made bitter. Now, this judgment is a reversal of the third day of creation, when God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed, and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, a beautiful picture. But on the third day of decreation, a bitter plant called wormwood fills the earth. So when I think of wormwood, I think of the screw tape letters. <laughs> <laughs> but what, what, is, what is wormwood? Wormwood is absinthia. It's a bitter, acrid plant, a herb, that they use for giving a bitter flavor to some medicines and some drinks, okay? There's an alcoholic drink called absinthe, um, in French, absinthe. It's very popular over there. <laughs> it is particularly dangerous. Mm. Um, you can become addicted to absinthe, and, you can, um, and it can make you, you know, I, I mean, it's deadly mm. over time. And wormwood, in my opinion, is a fitting metaphor for Satan. Uh, to meet up with him is to glimpse, quote, the bitterness of hell, mm. as Moses said when he met Satan. And we know that the great star burning as a lamp refers to Lucifer, who fell to earth and symbolically turned the life-giving water into bitter water, okay, symbolically. The name Lucifer is uh, a Greek word, phosphor, which meant the burning one, bright burning lamp. Uh, so... Uh, he is the great star burning as a lamp. What's the point of the third trumpet? Well, the third trumpet is a judgment mm. on the bitterness of injustice. The prophet Amos denounced those who, quote, turn judgment to wormwood. That's in the Old Testament. By that, he meant using the law to take advantage of other people. Oh, man, does that happen every day? Yeah. Now, according to Deuteronomy, false teachers bear wormwood among the people. That's in Deuteronomy 29.18. So wormwood is a, uh, an ongoing symbol in the scripture for the bitterness that is caused 
by um, the wickedness and injustice imposed on people. The bitter fountains that John is talking about in Revelation signifies people who are wealthy and oppressive or people in the church who turn from the truth and try to bring others along with them. Remember that John was alive just when the great apostasy started to eat up the primitive church. He was there, mm -hmm. and he was watching as this terrible wormwood started to creep into the church. The Bible tells us about generations of Israelite leaders who would, quote, trample on the heads of the poor as on the dust of the ground and deny justice to the oppressed. Father and son using the same girl and so profaning my holy name, trafficking in slavery and sexual exploitation. They would sell the innocent for, for silver and the needy for the price of a pair of sandals. Wow. That's in the book of Amos chapter 2. Well, that was the Old Testament, but make no mistake, these evils persisted in John's century, and they persist in ours, right? Mm -hmm. This is an old story. Yeah. Uh, Jerusalem, in John's time, featured many harlot markets, houses of prostitution. And after all, John had seen even the Savior trafficked. He'd seen the Savior sold for a handful of silver. Yeah. Oh, right? wow, I never even thought right. about that. Yeah. That's cool. Talk about human trafficking. Yeah. The Savior himself was trafficked like a slave. For just some pieces of silver. Yeah. The irony is that in spite of their vicious behavior, the elite Jews of Jerusalem kept on patronizing the temple scrupulously in a counterfeit show, right? And this disgusted the prophets. The prophet Isaiah said, To what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices unto me? Saith the Lord, I am full of your burnt offerings. Your burnt offerings are not acceptable, and your sacrifices are not pleasing to me. Well, that was the Old Testament, but John says the same thing was going on in his time. The elite of John's time were no less, quote, full of uncleanness. That's Matthew uh, 23. So when the hypocrites take over the temple, it's all over. The priesthood authority ends, and that's what happened. There was an early Christian leader named Clement of Alexandria who lived in the middle of the second century, not far in time from the time of Christ. And he recognized what was happening to the church. He condemned false Christian priests with, quote, counterfeit keys, and, and they shut down the higher ordinances of the priesthood. This is what he said. Those then that adhere to impious words and dictate them to others, neither themselves enter into the kingdom of heaven, nor permit those whom they have deluded to attain the truth, not having the key of entrance, but a false and counterfeit key by which they do not enter in as we enter in by drawing aside the veil. You see, they, they had the, the endowment in that time, but the apostate church shut it down. Mm. Okay. Now, in the psalm that was sung by the priests on the third day, the Lord says, quote, Ye are gods, but you shall die like men. 
due to their iniquity. John reports many men died of the waters because they were made bitter. But again, there's another side to this judgment. The purpose of the bitter falling star, Wormwood, is not only to punish, but also to teach. Doctrine and Covenants 29 says, It must needs be that the devil should tempt the children of men. For if they should never have bitter, they could not know the sweet. During a period of 42 days, there's that number again, 42. 42. <laughs> okay. Starting to show up. During a period of 42 days after leaving Eden, the, the legends say that Adam and Eve were starving. The quote is, from the bitterness of his grief, Adam sank into the water of the sea, and the Lord told them that in the garden they had not known suffering, nor the sweet from the bitter. Now they would. Then angels gave Adam and Eve, again, this is in the, uh, the legends of the Jews, the angels gave Adam and Eve three tokens of a marriage covenant, mm. gold and frankincense, to symbolize their royal and priesthood calling, and myrrh, hmm. quote, whence bitterness came upon Adam. They said to Adam, take the gold and give it to Eve as a wedding gift. Then give her some myrrh as a present, and be ye thou and she one flesh. So these tokens that were given by the angels to Adam and Eve promised salvation. And we see that in the temple, right? Mm -hmm. The Lord says, quote, I will come and save thee, and kings shall bring me, when in the flesh, gold, incense, and myrrh. The last in token that I will drink bitter gall. So um, myrrh is a two-sided symbol. It's another bitter substance like wormwood that um, represents the sacrifice of Christ but is a comfort to Adam in his sorrow because, because Christ will un undergo the bitter death. He will live. There's a story in Exodus where the Lord led the thirsty Israelites through the desert for three days with no water. Uh, that's a foreshadowing of Christ's three days in the tomb. Then at the oasis called Mara, which in Hebrew means bitterness, Interestingly enough, they found only bitter water. By the way, mara and myrrh come from the same Hebrew root, <laughs> M-R-R, which means bitter. Then the Lord instructed Moses to throw a certain tree into the water, and it became sweet so the people could drink. That's in Exodus chapter 15. Now, according to Jewish legend, this tree grew from seeds of the tree of life. And from this wood, the cross of Jesus was made. So just as the burning wormwood turns the waters of the earth bitter, the atoning cross turns the bitter into sweet, the living water mm. of Christ. Wow. Now, in mortality, we may have to drink bitter waters. We all do. Mm-hmm. But the Lord educates us through these experiences, as he did Adam and Eve and the Israelites. In the end, if we remain faithful, he will sweeten the water for us. Quote from Elder Dale Renland, 
in conference a couple of years ago. As we develop faith in Jesus Christ, we then approach others with compassion and try to alleviate unfairness where we find it. So in our next episode, we'll see what happens when the fourth and fifth trumpets are sounded. That sounds exciting.